This is Vitriol Plays, one of the producers of Once Upon a Wasteland and the voice of Odessa Valdez in the show. I'd like to take a moment before we start the episode to let you know about our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash onceuponawasteland. It's a great way to support the show and to get some perks, including behind-the-scenes content, access to our private Discord server, and exclusive merchandise. Now, let's find out what Beth and Odessa are up to in this episode. Thank you for listening. This is Lucy Middleton, the voice of Amanda in Once Upon a Wasteland. Before we start the episode, I'd like to take a moment to let you know about our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash Once Upon a Wasteland. It's a great way to support the show and get some perks too, including behind the scenes content, access to our private Discord server, and some cool merch. Now, Let's see what kind of trouble I get into in this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the third Once Upon a Wasteland mini-sode, Paged Podcast, starting a story podcast. One note before we get started, I will take great pains to avoid spoilers, but I can't make any guarantees that something won't slip out. I'll do my best, but I can't make any promises. I'm Brad Williams, the creator of Once Upon a Wasteland. You may also know me as the voice of Modus and a few other characters on the Modus Files. These minisodes are intended to provide a peek behind the curtain and provide some insight into the show, the story, the characters, and in some cases, the people behind them. For the theme of this minisode, I put a poll up on Twitter. You can follow the show's Twitter where I put up polls like this, at onceupon76pod, and the winner was How a Story Podcast Gets Started. But before we get to our main topic, I like to spotlight reviews that the show's received. There are a few different platforms that allow reviews. Apple Podcasts does, and Spotify is rolling them out as well. And any new five-star reviews that we receive will be read on the air. Today's review comes from Apple Podcasts, and it was left by a listener in the Netherlands, Semper Occulta. Love that username, by the way. MI6's motto is Semper Occultus, always secret. And Beth brings that up to Odessa in an earlier episode when she is trying to explain why it's so difficult for her to be open about things. Here's the review. Great drama with a lot of queer representation. It has great use of in-game Fallout 76 and general Fallout lore in order to allow for deeper character depth by having to do less world building and thus having more time for character interaction. This sadly makes it harder to jump in without having played the game, but the time spent googling might just be worth it. Thank you very much for the review, Semper Occulta, and thank you as well for the five-star rating. This seems to be becoming a theme in these reviews, and I think that's awesome because, like I've mentioned in previous minisodes and in other interviews that I've given about the show, I made a conscious effort to make this story accessible to non-Fallout fans while still making it very much a Fallout story and not neglecting the, the folks who listen because that Fallout setting is an important factor in their enjoyment of the show. It's definitely a balancing act, and I think what I was hoping for was something along the lines of The Mandalorian, where you could go in without having that huge amount of Star Wars knowledge and still understand what was going on and, and enjoy the story and, and enjoy the characters. My hope is that I provide enough context clues so that a listener who's coming in without knowing Fallout can figure out who the Brotherhood of Steel are, for example, or uh, what a super mutant is. Uh, the Mandalorian has a lot of nods to Star Wars lore, but having foreknowledge of that lore isn't necessary to enjoy the show, and that's really the kind of thing I'm going for. I think I probably lurch over the line in both directions sometimes, but hopefully the balance works out well in the end and both Fallout fans and non-Fallout fans can enjoy Beth and Odessa's story. 
As I said, if you leave a five-star review on any of the platforms that I have access to, like Semper Occulta did, whenever we have a mini-sode, I will read it out and we'll give you a shout-out. So keep leaving those five-star ratings and five-star reviews. So, let's talk about how a story podcast gets started. I'm going to keep it high level and concentrate on the story stuff more than the nuts and bolts of things like podcasting platforms and recording and equipment and that kind of stuff. There's still going to be some nuts and bolts, but it will mostly be about either getting a story that you already have ready to become a story podcast or starting one from the ground up, which is how Once Upon a Wasteland began. It really boils down to two things, figuring out what story you want to tell and then figuring out how you want to tell it. So, you've decided that you want to make a story podcast. You absolute legend. I am so happy for you, and I am here to support you every step of the way. Just reach out to me, DM. I will give you every piece of advice I can possibly think of. What you should do first is start with a story. And I think a good place to start there is what kind of story do you want to tell? Do you want to tell a story within a particular genre? Like, do you want to tell a sci-fi story or a horror story or a romance or a sitcom. I mean, there's all kinds of genres out there that you can tell a story in. Or maybe you want to write a story that's a part of a franchise. Uh, Harry Potter, for example, is a, a huge area where people do audiobooks, audio dramas, those kinds of things. I, I don't want to use the word fan fiction, not because I think that's an insulting term, but I think fan fiction makes me think of, of the written word rather than uh, story podcasts and that kind of thing. I know that's not necessarily true, but it's my hang-up, and I'm, I'm terribly sorry about it. But in the case of Once Upon a Wasteland, it ended up being a hybrid of those two, really. At the very beginning, the, the first impetus of the story was the fact that you couldn't romance Scry Valdez in the game. So that's how, that was, that was the first, you know, the, the first tiniest little nugget of an idea for a story. And then that grew into, okay, so you can't romance Scribe Valdez in the game, so what would happen if you could romance Scribe Valdez? What does that look like? And then it sort of took off from there. So it, even though it started off as a franchise piece, from there it blossomed off into the kind of story that I wanted to tell. So once I had that first nugget of an idea, that kind of jumping off point, then I sat down and decided what kind of story I wanted to tell. And it really kind of came down to the kind of story that I was comfortable with, the kind of thing that I had experience writing, and the kind of thing, I mean, honestly, that I wanted to hear. And that ended up being a character piece, a character study, a story that's really about characters, their dynamics, their relationships, how they interact, all those kinds of things. The, the characters drive the story. And I think that in science fiction sometimes, and especially in the video game space, I felt like that was an area that was a little bit underserved. I think that most story podcasts in video game fandom tend toward the kind of story that you would see in a game, Right? So the kind of thing that would be a almost a side quest or a DLC, those are the kinds of stories that are told. Almost like how in the Fallout community, people create mods, right? These huge, amazing mods like Fallout London, which is this mind-blowingly amazing and huge mod that people are making, right? The stories that tend to be told within the video game space follow generally, I think, a similar storytelling style to that. So they're really very much of the game. That's not bad. I, I think the fact that those kinds of stories are so popular demonstrates how good they are and how much demand there is for them. But for me, that wasn't the kind of story that I was interested in telling. And the other thing is, I don't think honestly that I would be very good at telling that kind of a story. So stick with what you know. Um, don't be afraid to push your boundaries and don't be afraid to try new things, but stick with what you know, what you're good at, what you like. I mean, at least in the case of something like this, I'm never going to make a dime from this. So it has to be something that 
I enjoy doing, or else why on earth would I want to do it? So that's how you end up with a story like Once Upon a Wasteland. It starts off as one thing, a, a video game-based story, a story that exists within the Fallout universe. And then it kind of takes a sharp right turn and turns into a character study. So you get that that nice mixing of genres and that, that nice mixing of storytelling styles. You do see some of that character study within the Fallout games and within some of the stories, but I don't think there are many, if any, stories that make that the primary focus. So that kind of thing is, you know, I guess that's where the magic can really happen. It, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling a traditional story. There's nothing wrong with telling a story like I described might be the kind of story that you would actually encounter in the game. These games are incredibly popular for a reason, folks. People like these stories. So going out there, and if, if that's the kind of story that you want to tell, go for it. Do it and be awesome. There is all kinds of room for a story like that. And I think the success of a show like Modus Files really demonstrates that. That is very much that kind of story, but it's so well told and it's so well crafted that it really it expands upon the lore in a way that's very appealing. So, you know, there's room for a show like mine. There's room for a show like Modus Files. There's room for a show like Chad or True Vault Escapades or any of the other myriad shows that are out there. I think that if you if you go with your gut, and it's almost like when you're writing a story, you let it take you where it wants to take you. Don't try to force yourself into a particular type of story or a particular genre or anything else. If you are coming up with a story and you're like, huh, you know, maybe it would be cool if I did this. Well, you know what? Explore that. Don't take the thing that you thought at the very, very beginning of this process and think that you absolutely positively have to stay on that straight and narrow the whole way. The development process is just that. It's a process. And you need to go with your instincts and seek counsel. Talk to people who have done this before. Even if they haven't done this, people who understand stories or people who like the game. They're the folks that you can go to and talk to about this stuff. And I, I know the Fallout community is great about this. And I, I have no doubt that the other communities out there are also great about this. You know, the, the Harry Potter storytelling uh, community, the Star Trek storytelling community, the Star Wars storytelling community. I feel like all of those communities are going to be every bit as welcome as the Fallout community is. So just think about it, figure out what you like, figure out what you want to do, think about the kinds of things that you like to listen to, the stories that maybe you haven't seen explored in a game or in another story and you would like to. Hey, why not be the person that does that? You know, you're, if you do that, you're going to believe in it and you're going to be invested in it. And it's not going to feel like, a job, right? Like, I think if you if you sit down and you say, okay, I am going to write a story that would be the kind of thing that I would want Bethesda to pick up as a future DLC for Fallout 76. If you do that, and as you're going through that process, you sort of start to think, well, you know, actually, I think taking the story in this direction would be, would be more interesting than that, or, or I'd enjoy that more. Do that. You know, if if you end up making that story that you originally envisioned, that's great too. But don't lock yourself into that. This is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a, a fun, creative exercise where you get to tell the story that you want to tell. And sometimes that story is not necessarily going to be the story that you thought it was going to be when you started. I mean, with Once Upon a Wasteland, it's gone in directions even through the writing process. After I had the concept down, the, the main story beats, the characters, all that stuff... The story itself took some twists and turns that even I didn't expect. You know, stuff 
when I was writing episode three, things happen in episode eight, for example, that I never saw coming. It, it's awesome. It's I hate to use the word magic so much, but it really is almost like magic when things like that happen. So go for a ride, man. Get on that magic carpet and see where the story takes you. That's the best story crafting advice. Like when you're at this conceptual stage, that's the best advice that I can give to somebody as they're starting this thing out. So once you know the kind of story that you want to tell, now you want to figure out the actual story. And th these are not hard and fast lines. Like as you're going through that conceptualization stage, you're going to get parts of the actual story itself. It's, it's not like you're just going to sit there in a total sterile way and not think up characters and not think up potential plots. It, it doesn't work that way. But what I'm saying is once you figure out that type of story, that's when you can really sit down and get into the nitty gritty of creating the story itself. If you do that first, if you say, oh, this is a story I want to tell, the specific story, the specific plot with these characters, and you haven't thought about the type of story that you want to write, even if you have a sort of vague general idea of it, you might end up having a significant amount of rework to go back and fit that story into the genre that you subsequently decide on. I think one of the more famous examples of this working is Fifty Shades of Grey, which started off as a Twilight fanfic. I guess we can all argue how successful it was, but <laughs> the, uh, the the millions and millions of dollars that E.L. James has, has earned from Fifty Shades of Grey, I think demonstrates that it was a success on one level and a very large success. But that was something that I'm sure that, that E.L. James had to go back and do a heck of a lot of rework to take this story that was about the Twilight universe and Bella and Edward, I think they are, um, turn that into something that was not about that and wasn't even about vampires. It was about billionaires and um, naive college students, I think. I think it was. I just I just watched a, a, a review of Fifty Shades of Grey on Fanboy Flicks, which is, <laughs> I think, the only reason I know literally anything about this movie at all or the, the book series at all, which I'm assuming the, the movie was very much like the book. In any case, don't do that. You're going to make it way too hard on yourself if you do that. Um, it, now, that said, if you come up with a great idea for the, the the kind of story you want to write, and then as you're coming up with the story itself, you you think, well, you know, originally I thought this was supposed to be a, a sci-fi story, and that's kind of the story that I want to tell. But, you know, this would really work better as a noir detective story. Just like I said before, about going with your instincts, go with your instincts there too. Don't lock yourself into that decision that you made previously. Yes, there will probably be some rework at least, maybe a lot of rework, but it's going to be worth it in the end because you are going to tell the right kind of story based upon, again, your instincts, your gut, the kind of story that you want to hear. Just go with it, man. The earlier you figure out something like that, obviously the less rework there's going to be, but even if you are very far along in the story writing process, I think in most cases, and, and there's going to be some some nuances and differences depending on the specifics of what's going on, but I think in most cases, it's going to be worth it to go back and do that rework so that it works as well as possible. And the other thing that you can do, if if you feel like you're too far along and you've done too much work, and it's not that it doesn't work at all, but maybe the story itself might be a little bit better suited to this other genre or franchise or whatever, tuck that idea away if you want to and make a different story based upon that. You know, if 
it's okay to have something split off. It's not like good Kirk and evil Kirk from Star Trek. You know, it's this is a lot of times how great ideas come about. You have something that maybe doesn't work all that great under the the, the first idea that you came up with, but you can take it and you can adapt it to something else after you're done working on what you're working on now. Again, magic. This is how the magic happens. You know, a storyteller doesn't necessarily just have one story in them. Embrace that. Just write it down, write notes, you know, however you feel like you can remember it. Record that somewhere and then go back to it when you feel like you have time or when you feel like it's you've been away from it long enough to be able to revisit it, whatever. Again, a lot of this really comes down to what works for you. Whatever works for you, do that. And then after this story that you're working on run, runs its course, then maybe this is your next project. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you come up with something even better throughout that that process of making that first story. Whatever happens, roll with it. You know, be a storyteller. That's really what all of this is about. You started this. You wanted to tell this story because you are a storyteller. That doesn't necessarily mean that this is the only story that you are going to want to tell. You know, maybe you find out that you like this. Maybe you find out that you're really good at it. Maybe you even find out that this is something that you can do as a career. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen, but stranger things have happened. Uh, and you're not going to find out unless you try. And you might find out that you are way more creative than you gave yourself credit for. I think that a lot of storytellers, myself included, I think we we tend to be our own worst critics. And we will sit there and not necessarily consciously be self-deprecating about our our ability and our creativity. But I think that we we tend to underestimate ourselves. It's a common thing among creative people in general, like visual artists, uh, filmmakers, writers, pretty much anybody who does anything creative. There tends to be that streak of self-doubt, maybe, running through it. Uh, we can we can be self-confident, and I think if you're at the point where you actually want to commit to making a story podcast or publishing a book or making a painting or anything like that, obviously you have some measure of self-confidence just to get that process started and commit to doing it. But even with that, I feel like we do have that little bit of self-doubt. That's okay. Just don't let it control you and definitely do not let it make you want to stop. There are times throughout this process, I can tell you firsthand, that you're going to want to stop. You are going to want to Say, okay, I did this work, but I simply do not have the confidence in my ability to continue to press forward because I know that this is going to fall flat on its face. Nobody is going to want to listen to it. Nobody is going to want to read it. Nobody is going to want to look at this painting that I'm planning on making. So it's smarter for me to just stop and consider the work that I've done already to be a sunk cost and not waste more time. Don't listen to that voice inside your head. Whatever you do, don't listen to that voice inside your head. It is going to sound very convincing, I know, but press ahead, work through it, fight through it. And maybe at the end of the creation process, I think that you're going to be amazed, impressed, baffled by the, the quality of what you have created. That's, that's my firm belief. If you've gotten to the point where you are actually putting pen to paper, or I guess fingers to keyboard, and plotting out a story that you want to tell... That says a lot about how you feel about your creativity and, and your ability to see this through. So see it through. I think you owe it to yourself to do that. And honestly, I think you owe it 
to people out there who want to consume whatever kind of uh, creative stuff you want to create. They want to see it, or they want to listen to it, or they want to read it. So why deny that to them? There's going to be people out there who love what you do, and you are going to invest so much of yourself in it that that passion is going to shine through. So just do it. Don't give up. I know it's it's tempting, and I know it feels easy to give up, but don't give up. All right, that pep talk took a little bit longer than I expected, but I think it was worth it. I'm glad that I gave it, and I believe every single word that I said about it. That's enough about that. The next question, as you're going through the process of creating your story podcast, is you have your story. Now, how do you want to tell it? There are uh, There's a variety of different ways that you can construct an audio podcast, a story podcast. The way that I did it for Once Upon a Wasteland was to do it like, it's almost like an old-timey radio play, but I don't want to say it is an old-timey radio play because it's it's very much presented, written, recorded, edited in a modern way. But what I mean is it's dialogue, it's sound effects, it's action. You know, that's the clues to what's going on. The other primary method of storytelling in audio podcasts is basically a full-cast audiobook. So the text, even though it may be written in script format, the text is very much like a book. So you have dialogue between characters, you have characters talking, but then you rely on narration, just like in a book, to describe what's going on. You, you use that to describe the action, you describe the way that people look at each other, or a facial expression that a character has, those kinds of things. You, as a narrator, are painting the picture in the listener's mind, just like the writer of a book paints that picture in a reader's mind. Neither of these is better than the other. I think much like the way that I was talking about writing a story and coming up with a, a format and that, that sort of thing, it comes down to what you're comfortable writing and what you're used to if you have done writing previously. I know a lot of people get into creating audio podcasts, audio drama podcasts, from being a writer of you know short stories or novels or that kind of thing. So somebody like that, it's absolutely natural for them to want to lean more toward that full cast audio book format. And there are some fantastic audio dramas out there that use that, that full cast audio book format. So it can be done exceptionally well. Like I said, though, I verged to the other side because my experience is in writing screenplays and teleplays. I have never been a writer of prose, of, of you know novel, short stories, any of that kind of thing. I don't feel like I'm good at doing that. Like, you know, I mentioned that narration where you're where you're setting that scene and painting that picture. I don't feel like that's something that I'm particularly good at. My my writing in that area tends to be very uh, matter of fact, which I don't really think lends itself well to I mean honestly to either writing prose or to presenting that narration in an audio format. It's just not it doesn't feel inspiring to me the, the way that I write. So I leave that to the people that are that are more skilled at, at creating those kinds of narratives in those ways. Now there's a third option, of course. The third option is a more traditional audiobook format, which is all the narrator. And there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. I don't have a lot of familiarity with either creating or listening to audiobooks, but it feels like the, the two main ways that those play out are either you have a narrator who's basically reading the book to you. And again, I'm not super familiar with 
with audiobooks like the all the different ones that are out there but i i think it feels like that's how most of those audiobooks are and then the other option is to have a a narrator who sort of acts out the voices so that one's almost a hybrid of the full cast audio drama because you still have you know, someone acting out the voices, but it's the same person that's that's reading the book and doing the narration. So, you know, there, there's I'm sure there's there's nuances even in between those, but those are I think the the two main ways that that third version, that that full on audiobook experience, plays out. The next thing that you want to decide is whether you want to use episodic storytelling or serialized storytelling. So the difference between those is that episodic storytelling, generally speaking has episodes that are more or less self-contained. That doesn't mean that you can't have overarching story arcs throughout the season or multi-episode arcs or anything like that. You're not, it's not necessarily an anthology series where everything is 100% absolutely standalone, but it's not the kind of thing that has one story that's being told over the course of an entire season necessarily. It's really a group of, if you have a 10 episode season, 10 stories, and maybe they're generally about the same thing, or maybe they are driving toward the same the same ending, but the stories themselves are much more self-contained in episodic storytelling. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, really good example of episodic storytelling. There were still callbacks to things that happened in previous episodes, but really every episode was intended to be able to stand on its own. So that's maybe one of the better examples in the sci-fi genre, at least the recent sci-fi genre, of an episodic kind of storytelling format. The other option, serialized, is what Once Upon a Wasteland is. That is a story that is being told in sequential order. It's, it's in our show's case, it's one big story that's broken up into 10 parts because we have 10 episodes. You can't really jump in and listen to episode six on its own. It, it doesn't really work because you need to understand what happened in episodes one through five to, to get that understanding. Whereas if it was an episodic kind of a thing, yeah, you can jump in at any point you want. And then, yeah, you can, if you want to, jump back to the, the earlier parts of the season and listen to those episodes just because those stories sound cool and maybe you'll get some more details on the characters, that kind of thing. But really, you have to go in order <laughs> when you're talking about serialized storytelling. And going back to uh, Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery is serialized storytelling rather than episodic. And I know there was a big hue and cry from Star Trek fans that it was such a departure from the way that quote-unquote Star Trek storytelling should be. Um, this is certainly a topic for another episode or another minisode or a series of minisodes. I, I feel that Star Trek Discovery has a lot of problems, but serialized storytelling is not one of them. But Again, that's completely off topic, and I won't go any further into that. But I think looking at the way that stories are told in Star Trek The Next Generation versus the way that stories are told in Star Trek Discovery is, if you're a Star Trek fan at least, a really good encapsulation of the difference between episodic and serialized storytelling. And again, just like with every other aspect of the story that you're creating and the story that you want to tell, it's something that you need to think about and figure out what will work best in telling the story that you want to tell. I feel like narrative storytelling in audio and video formats has kind of moved more toward serialized storytelling, but there is absolutely a place for episodic storytelling as well. Both of those kinds of stories, both of those styles of storytelling can be done exceptionally well in a variety of different genres. 
You know, you can have a noir detective show that has a different plot every single episode, or you can have a noir detective show that has an overarching story arc where he's working on the same mystery for the course of the entire season. And it's that one big, you know, giant mystery that has to get solved and, and keeps everybody hooked in. Both of those can work. It comes down to, again, like I said before, the kind of story that you're comfortable with, the kind of story you like to listen to, and the kind of story that you feel like you can pull off the best. It, it, there's so much of this that comes down to that. This story is about you in terms of it's about what you want to create. It's being created for an audience, yes, but you as the creator have to be invested in every aspect of the story, whether it is the style of the story being told in terms of whether it's a full cast audio drama like Once Upon a Wasteland, or if it's more like a full cast audio book, right? You being invested in that kind of storytelling style and you being comfortable with that kind of storytelling style is going to make it better. So that's, you know, this is everything about this process is about that. It really comes back to that. And I think that if you, if you think about that as you go through each part of the process, I think you're going to find yourself happier and I think you're going to find yourself with a better show. Of course, there's also something to be said for stretching yourself and to, you know, pushing yourself and seeing, hey, you know what? I don't write prose, but why don't I try a full cast audiobook style story just to see if I can do it? Maybe you can. Maybe you do that better than what you did before, or maybe you don't. But the only way to find out is to try it. So, you know, the great thing about this is this isn't my job. This isn't going to be your job, probably. I think that if you're a if you're out there creating these kinds of stories professionally, you're probably not listening to this minisode. You may be, and if you are, thank you. Please give me a call. I I, I do take on freelance work, <laughs> uh, but really, you know, you're in this for fun. You're in this because you enjoy it. For whatever aspect of it you enjoy, you're in it for that. You're you're not in this to become a multimillionaire. You're not in this to be, you know, an incredibly uh, you know, popular creator who has groupies banging on their door, right? You're doing this because you want to tell a story and you want to tell that story because it's something that's important to you. It's something you enjoy, all that kind of thing. So there's nothing wrong with doing something for you. I think that people look at that sometimes maybe as being self-indulgent, and I guess it is to an extent, but with something like this, is that bad? I mean, it can be if you take it too far, but generally speaking, I think it kind of has to be self-indulgent. So... I'll get off my soapbox there, and I'll move on to the final thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the number of episodes. And there are a couple of ways you can go about this. Part of it comes down to time commitment. Like, when I started Once Upon a Wasteland, right from the beginning, I said, I want to do 10 episodes. 10 episodes feels like the number of episodes that I can handle, right? The, the number of episodes that I feel like I can produce. And when I went about creating the story itself and, and sort of fitting the story that I wanted to tell into that 10 episode block, then I figured out, okay, well, I can do this in episode two and this in episode five and this in episode seven, et cetera, et cetera. I think if you go in and you have that idea of how many episodes you want to do, it's going to help you create a story that has much better pacing because you know how long you have to do each thing. You can go into it open-ended. And also, even if you don't necessarily go into it open-ended, you may find at some point in the production process that you're like, you know what, I said I was going to do 10 episodes, but the way that this story is playing out, it's going to work out a lot better if I do it in 12. 
or I do it in eight, right? It's okay to pivot if that's going to serve the story better, but I think you should at the very least start off with a pretty firm idea of how many episodes you want to do with the understanding that, yeah, it's possible that that number may change as you get through the process. In our case, that didn't happen. We, we have a firm plan for 10 episodes. We have all our story beats planned out. Almost all the scripts are written now, and that's where we're going to come in. We're going to have a 10-episode season. But if you go in thinking that you're going to have a 10-episode season, and you end up with a 15-episode season or an 18-episode season or whatever, if that serves the story better, that is 100% okay. You know, this is about making the best story possible. And just like I was talking earlier about not locking yourself into something unnecessarily in a way that's going to harm the story, this is very much that, right? This is the kind of thing that if you become sort of slavishly adherent to, you're going to end up telling a story that isn't as good as it could be. And you really don't have any benefit in doing that. Oh, hey, I started off and I said I was going to do 10 episodes and darn it, I did 10 episodes, even though it should have been 15. That doesn't help anybody. In our case, 10 episodes was right. It was a good, educated guess. That's not always going to be the case. And it's okay. Do the number of episodes that you feel is going to serve your story, your listeners, and I guess in the end, you the best. That's the bottom line. So that's really all that I wanted to cover today in terms of getting a story podcast conceptualized and really getting that creative process started. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to this. You know, we've talked about the story and how you want to create that story itself, but you still got to get it published. You got to get it cast. You got to get it recorded. But like I said at the top, I didn't want to talk about the nuts and bolts in this minisode. That's something we can talk about in a later minisode if you guys decide you want to hear about it. What I really wanted to talk about was the creative aspect of it, getting the story right, because you really do have to get the story right for any of the other stuff that you do later to matter. So I hope that this was helpful for you. Uh, I know it was certainly fun to talk about. And if you do want to hear about those nuts and bolts, things like casting, choosing a distribution platform, recording, all those kinds of things. Hey, just shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. Remember uh, on Twitter, onceupon76pod, email is info at onceuponawasteland.com. Just let me know. I mean, I am super happy to talk about whatever you guys want to hear about. And it's a very rich topic. Obviously, there, there's a lot to it. It's a, there's a lot of work. I had a lot of guidance. I made a lot of mistakes. And if, if I can pass on some of that guidance and maybe help you avoid some of those mistakes, I'm all for it. But, but I only want to do what you guys are interested in listening to. So that's all for me for today. Thank you for listening to this mini-sode. And thank you for listening to the show in general for supporting us by amplifying our posts on Twitter, for telling your friends, for leaving ratings and reviews. Every bit of it is vastly appreciated. I'm Brad Williams, and this has been Once Upon a Wasteland, page to podcast, starting a story podcast. 